This is A is for Adversity, a podcast about curating your life stories to connect more deeply with others. Some stories may have Christian undertones, and all stories will involve a realization or transformation of some sort. I'm your host, Jen Banks. This is Episode V, Vulnerability, with Paul Granger. I had a fascinating time talking with Paul Granger. He calls himself an ambassador of Christ, and I loved that title as soon as he said it. I apologize that this episode did not release on time. In my head, I had finished everything, checked all the boxes, and no, I had set it to release the wrong day. So I'm re-recording this part, and I will upload it very shortly. Doing a podcast has been a very vulnerable process. I have exposed many of my flaws, many of my weaknesses, many of my unrefined talents. So I appreciate you for accepting me for who I am and for listening to this podcast regardless. Now on to my conversation with Paul. Hello. Hello. Thank you for meeting with me. Yeah. So you're in Virginia? Yes, in Richmond. Cool. I'm in Utah, so. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. It's cool that Zoom allows us to do this. Yeah, no, it's been great. I got to connect with a guy from Nigeria living in London, and I'm like, yeah, we never would have connected otherwise. (laughs) Yes, so true. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, So tell my listeners and me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am Paul Granger. I, the way I like to put things is that I am an ambassador of Christ, right? Like all the time when we interact with people, they ask, you know, who are you? What's your job? And I've learned a lot over the last few years, and I'll probably share some of this time that our identity is not in what we do. It's not in our job. And if we are claiming to be, you know, I was a, I'm a Christian and as a believer in Christ, if I'm claiming to follow Christ, then uh, what does that actually mean for my identity? And so, so for me, what that means is uh, my day to day, what I do, how I function is uh, shaped around what it means to represent Christ well. And So functionally, I serve in a ministry called YWAM Youth with a Mission. I serve in my community. I host a podcast called Where Did You See God uh, and do some writings and so forth too. Uh, But a lot of stuff just happens organically with neighbors, with interacting with others, with, you know, loving my wife and loving my kids uh, and just kind of taking it one day at a time. Cool. Yeah. I like that title, Ambassador of Christ. That's good. Um. And I feel like I can tell that too with your personality. I can just see the light of Christ. So that's that's inspiring. Um, and then just to start, what's one of your favorite inspirational quotes? I always like to hear that from people. I'm a big quote collector. So yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is I'm not a big quote collector. Uh, I I am notorious for not having normal favorites. It's a it's a running joke. So favorite color, favorite food. I just can't pick favorites. I do have a favorite squirrel story, right? Like I have (laughs) random favorites. And so I've never been a quote person. And so, you know, as I've been thinking about that, you know, often my go-to would be, uh, you know, is there a scripture verse that is relevant to me? And, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways acknowledge him. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will set your path straight. That's been really meaningful to my life. But I was like, I bet I could find a quote. And when I thought about who is it whose words 
have been encouraging, inspiring to me. What immediately came to my mind is Oswald Chambers. Uh, Oswald Chambers wrote My Utmost for His Highest. Actually, he didn't write My Utmost for His Highest. He wrote a lot of smaller things, uh, did a lot of teachings. And after he passed away, his wife compiled a lot of his thoughts and his writings into this, I mean, bestseller for decades and decades and decades, uh, essentially a small devotional. And, and so often it's encouraged me. So I just pulled up a random list of his quotes and I was like, which one of these will stand out to me? And all of them did. <laughs> but the one that stood out to the most was, uh, he says this, if you are going to be used by God, he will take you through a number of experiences that are not meant for you personally at all. They're designed to make you useful in his hands and to enable you to understand what takes place in the lives of others. And I could just see that being relevant in my life, but also relevant in a lot of conversations I've been having recently on the podcast, uh, just folks who have been through hard things and are trying to make sense of how God can still be God and still be good when hard things happen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, my most recent episode was unexpected blessings from trials. So yeah, I, I agree with that fully. It's so true. God can make so much out of us, so much more out of us than we can of ourselves. So that's so good. I love that. Um, so what was the inspiration behind your podcast? What kind of drove you to start that? Or was there a yeah. catalyst for that? There was. Uh, so for a number of years, I was in a really hard work situation and some other life situations going on that led to this three-year period, easily the hardest period of my life, um, easily the period where I felt most misunderstood, most alone, uh, easily the period with the most traumatic stuff that to this day still impacts me. Yeah. And within the job, though, I was working for a ministry, and this ministry was very tied to my church to my friend groups, uh, to my community. And so in other words, it's not like I was working at some corporate place downtown that when I left, I left, like I was immersed in it in every sphere of life. Uh, at one point my wife was even working there. So mm. <laughs> like even in my home, uh, and my kids were going to one of the programs. So like very, very immersed. And I, you know, felt like I just could not, ex could not escape the difficult things that were happening. And I could not find many safe spaces to process. And I ended up losing that job. There's a much longer story, but uh, the official term was termination without cause. But experientially, I was never given a reason. After mm. five years of working there, I was told you're not a good fit. Um, but God had given me a heads up that it was going to happen in some really interesting ways. And after I lost the job, the other thing I felt like God was inviting me to was to not rush into finding a job, which as a father with a kid on the way, my wife was in her second trimester and I had two other kids as a, as a husband, as a homeowner, and as someone who just has everyday bills, <laughs> kind of need a job, right? Like yes. you kind of need an income, God. So, uh, and God was like, no, you don't need an income. You need me. So are you willing to trust me? I was like, I guess so. <laughs> so uh, there was actually a two month period where I felt like I was saying to not job search. And in that time, one of those months was an invitation to just really focus on loving him and loving others. And in that time, I felt this sense that I should do a podcast, which really stood out to me because I didn't like podcasts. <laughs> I didn't listen to podcasts. 
And I definitely didn't want to put my business out there because I already had, I just had left a situation of feeling like I wasn't heard. I don't want to put myself in another one like that, but I've come to learn if God invites you to something, he might know a little more than I do. And so the podcast started and, and it started with the sense that God wanted to create space for me to process, for others to process, not to become a podcaster, not to have a big audience. And so I never really knew how long it was going to go. One episode, two episodes, and here we are three years later, and it's, it's rolling in a way that I could never have expected, but I still don't know what the destination is other than to love God and love others. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a lot of faith there too. Uh, so you mentioned something that that had caused a question for me. So what do you see as the connection between vulnerability and storytelling? Because you were talking about putting yourself out there and not wanting to be heard, but there's a big connection there with storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about that question in my podcast is when I first started it, my thought was, I'll just make spaces for people to share stories of God at work and where they've seen God. And I very quickly realized a lot of people didn't want to share their stories because they didn't want to be vulnerable. Um, they were scared to be vulnerable, understandably so sometimes, or they didn't feel like they had a story to share, or they didn't feel like God was done writing the story and you can't tell the story until it's done. And, and so I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And then the flip side is when people have shared, I've had a number of people who were in that position, but they really felt like God was pushing them. And so they shared and were vulnerable, even though they didn't want to be. And God showed up in a really powerful way, not just for them, but sometimes me being welcomed into that story, it impacted me. And what I came to realize is, I, you know, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He ends up throwing two out there to love God and love others. And for me, what I've come to realize is I feel like part of that was giving us an understanding of how life actually works. Because in and of ourselves, if, if we are, you know, if somebody identifies as Christian, our normal response is to think about our relationship with God. And that's really what it's about. When we pray, we pray about what we need. When we think about growth, we think about how grows, God's growing us. But the commandment wasn't just love God. It was love God and love others. In other words, I feel like there is this piece to how God has designed us and how he invites us to experience him that necessitates community, that necessitates interaction with others. In other words, we can have a really great relationship with God. And it's like he's saying, this is good, but there are parts of me that you are incapable of accessing unless you access it alongside others. Um, it's kind of like, uh, I'm thinking of, you know, in an action movie where they need to get into this room, but there's this security system that you have to have two people both putting their hands on the scanner, right? Like we are incapable of accessing certain parts of God alone because he's designed us to do so with community. And so vulnerability uh, actually pushes us past our self-preservation, our desire to protect ourselves. Uh, it, it presses us into having to trust others, into having to invite others into our lives. And, and so in doing so, like, I think the, the danger is, and I think what, uh, <laughs> you know, the things that are trying to keep us from accessing God want us to not be vulnerable. 
because if we're not vulnerable, then we're going to lock ourselves in and we're going to just wallow in whatever we're going through. Meanwhile, there may be people sharing the same struggles we're sharing. And then when we do share, not only do we get out of that wallowing space, but we may end up blessing someone else. We may end up being the part of a healing for someone else because we're sharing now in these sufferings. Mm -hmm. And as we do that, we begin to learn something different about who God is because now God's not the mean guy who's letting me suffer. Suddenly we're finding this restoration through others and like, wow, even though my situation hasn't changed, I suddenly feel a peace that does not make sense. So maybe God is real. I just don't quite understand him yet. Vulnerability pushes us outside of ourselves into a space where we can actually live out, love God and love others. Wow. That was a beautiful way of putting it. Thank you for sharing. That was incredible. And I hear so much too with people who are, you know, suffering through something and then they serve others and then their burden is lifted, even though they haven't done anything to help themselves. So that's so true. We just need other people. Um, and then my other question for you was, was there a moment of realization or transformation in your life? I know that's a broad, broad question, but anything <laughs> that came to mind, you know? Yeah, there, there have been many moments of realization and transformation, but the one that really stands out my mind goes back to the story I was telling earlier, where I had been in the hard work situation, um, a lot of work trauma, a lot of toxic things happening. And among that was, uh, I was really trying to seek God with this job. I was there because I felt like God was inviting me there. I was trying to live out every moment to serve him and to love others and to love my coworkers and to love my supervisors. I was, I was really trying to do that. And it, it just did not make sense to me why so many rough things were happening, why my identity was questioned so often, why, why I was misperceived so often, why I was allowed to have to walk into these hard spaces by people who were friends and fellow church members in. And I was wrestling. And some of the hardest moments were the moments where I felt like the only way out of this, the only way to find peace is if I can get certain people to see me accurately. If I can get my job and my responsibilities into an actually sustainable space for a human being, if I can do these things, this is the only way, because otherwise I'm going to remain in a hard space. And that shaped what I expected from God, what I asked God to do. And then God just didn't do those things. And so I'm like, well, what in the world, God? And I'd gotten to a place through other experiences of trusting God at a deeper level where I didn't just throw in the towel, but I was still kind of upset with them. <laughs> like, why are you allowing these hard things to happen? And and I felt like God was inviting me to recognize that he wasn't necessarily doing that. It's that I was misperceiving the situation altogether. I was seeking things that he wasn't offering. Does God want us to be happy? Sure, in a sense, but our happiness is often tied to our situations. And God is actually inviting us to abundantly more. And so he brought me to this place where I, I had was basically given an ultimatum of either stay or go um, and fleshed out more was nothing's going to change. And so you can stay in this situation that is very hard or you can go. And I wanted to go, but when I prayed, I felt like God was saying not to go. And so one realization, this is a bonus realization. This isn't the main one. Um, 
there is this really, really, really hard conversation and a spiritual father of mine was present for it. And what he said to me was basically, look, you don't work for this person. You don't work for this organization. You work for God. So what is your boss God telling you to do? And I was like, well, he's telling me to stay, but <laughs> I don't, I don't want to stay. And if I stay, these hard things are going to get worse. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. God will take care of that. I was like, are you sure? Because he hasn't yet. He's like, God will take care of that. If he's telling you to stay, then that's what you do. And this idea of seeing not my human boss as my boss, but God as my boss suddenly shaped what my job was. Going back to what I said, ambassador of Christ, like if I work for God, then it really doesn't matter what else happens. It really doesn't matter what I think the goals are. And so that year was totally different. Um, I, there was a piece that defied understanding, but things didn't get better. And even though I was still able to navigate through it, there came a point in the summer where things got worse. And I ended up, no, not only was I no longer having the keys the car and driving, it was like I was kicked out of the car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, God, what in the world? Like, do I stay or do I go? God didn't give me an answer. <laughs> like the sense that I had, he was saying, just wait, just wait, just trust me. I had other people that are like, Paul, why, why are you still there? Why don't you just go? Why don't you say, oh, God told me to wait. And then things began to happen where it became clear that God was up to something, even though he wasn't telling me what he was up to. Um, and I got to the week where I ended up being fired. And again, some things were happening. And me being fired was so unexpected that there was a day where I was like, I came home and I told my wife, I, I think I'm going to get fired today. <laughs> and she's like, no, there's absolutely no way because that's not how things work. Like, especially because you've been there five years, they're going to go through some kind of a, uh, you know, if you've done something wrong, a 30 day corrective time, or, you know, they'll switch your role, but they're not going to just outright. I was like, I don't know. I think they might. And I'm going to the meeting where uh, I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen. And my mind starts going in all the directions. What in the world are they even going to say? Well, if they say this, I had this objective evidence that shows that that's not true. And if they say I haven't done this, I had this data to show that I have like my mind's going to that and I'm reaching for the doors. This is happening. And this is the big revelation. It's like God slapped me upside the head and he said, stop trying to defend yourself. Stop trying to protect your job because that's not what this meeting is about. Represent me well. Be who I made you to be. And that's it. So I opened the door and instead of going in ready to defend myself and protect my job, which I had a right to do and a desire to do, I went and saying, all right, I'm going to represent God well, and I'm going to be who he made me to be, which is not someone who is fearful, which is not someone who has to defend himself or protect his job. I'm just going to be who God made me to be. And in a meeting that should have been one of the most destructive moments in my life, I was smiling <laughs> when, when I wasn't given a reason, when I was just told, you're just not a good fit. <laughs> I had a peace and I ended up feeling like God was inviting me to encourage and pray for the two guys who were taking my job. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I left feeling great. Was I mad that they, on a level yet? Yeah. Like, did I feel like it was unfair? Did I feel like what was happening was wrong? Yeah. Like I still felt all that, but I, I felt good. I was like, even there was something really unjust just happened to me. Somehow I have a peace and my life, the last three and a half years since has been 
I mean, abundantly more than I could have asked or imagined because Mm -hmm. I was no longer chasing after what I think life needed to be, to be respected, to be understood, to have a job, (laughs) like to a place where I can say my job is to be an ambassador of Christ. So on any given day, it doesn't matter what happens. The apostle Paul says, I've learned the secret to being content in all situations. And he said that while he was in prison, like he knew what it meant for things to go well and for things to look like they were going awful. And so, yeah, this realization that what God is ultimately inviting us into is to know who he is and who he's created us to be, to not allow our circumstances to shape those things, but to allow those truths to then shape how we see our circumstances. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. It reminds me of a quote that I heard that says that we need to let go of the personal narrative that we have for ourselves and accept the plan God has for us. So it's so true that they're, they're often different and we mm-hmm. have to trust God that that's really what's supposed to ultimately happen. So yeah. that's good. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been so inspiring. I, I love everything yeah. that you shared. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity because going back to the vulnerability piece, Mm -hmm. when we share our stories, when we share what God's done, even if the story is far from done, God can do something powerful and can do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. So I'm always happy to be able to step into that space. Yes. Thank you so much. Love it. Have a good day. You too. Okay. Bye. If you'd like to pitch your story for the podcast, or if you want more storytelling strategies, contact me at jenbanks16 at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at jenbankscoaching.